if we don't assume that everybody understands our world from our skull and they're seeing it the way we're seeing it, we give them that space, we can have more empathy and compassion and try to help them go, okay, well, this is how I'm experiencing it. Cause they might not know. And they, and because they don't know, they're doing something that's really a problem for you, but they don't know why it's a problem for you. So they're not going to change because they don't get it. And assuming they should is not really fair to them. You know what I mean? And that comes back yeah. to the intent thing, right? His intent wasn't to cause me trouble. He just, he didn't know. This is Way of the Artist with Brandon Colby Cook and Evan Schulte. Identifying your blocks and demystifying your struggles so that you can claim your own path and make your life a work of art. God, I hate conflict. <laughs> conflict, man, conflict. It's challenging. All right, Evan. That's the name of the that's the name of this episode. We talked about it and we decided, you know what, let's just have some fun with this. Let's uh let's play a bit. And yeah, that's what we came up with. Because conflict can be tough. Conflict can be challenging, but it can also be very necessary. So we're gonna get into that. How you doing, Evan? I'm uh I'm I'm doing pretty good, Brandon. You know, we're uh, here to have a a uh honest conversation and confrontation with this thing called conflict and uh you know i think that uh a lot of people uh are having some challenges these days i know i'm i've i've been one of them with you know where, where there's a lot of crazy shit going on and uh you know there's there's confrontation i mean in in, in the best of times you know, we have to deal with conflict and, and confrontation and uh, with people that, that we care about and, and with friends, with family and uh, co-workers, what have you. And, uh, you know, very few people thrive in that situation, you know, and and I think that's a good thing. <laughs> I can't even imagine what would what w our world would be like if everyone was just people who thrived in confrontation all the time. Um, for most of us, um, we're probably a little bit uncomfortable with uh, with conflict. Uh, and how do we how do we manage that? How do we navigate that? Because it's inevitable. You know, in all of our lives, there's going to be some degree to which we have to come into conflict, have to um, confront something or someone, um, whether that's, you know, with ourselves, you know, because we can definitely be in conflict with ourselves and have to confront things within ourselves just as as with with other people. So how do we stand in that? How do we how do we deal with that thing that's so uncomfortable that that makes most of us want to run the other way? You know, I think that uh, for myself, you know, I have uh, a tendency to avoid confrontation, but have still no less found myself in situations where uh, I have to step into it. And sometimes knowingly so being like, you know what, I can see where this is heading. I see that there's a situation that is brewing, that is developing. It's about it's it's going to boil over at at some point if if 
if I don't do something now. Um, and it's never a fun thing. You know, it's never something that uh, I look forward to or I, I, I look for, but is something that you have to do it. And so let's get into this tricky business and situation of, of conflict and confrontation, Brandon. Let's do it. I was definitely conflict avoidant for most of my life. And it's only, it's only in recent years that I feel like I've really become better at standing up for myself and consistent with it. And that took a lot of work and I'm still learning how to do it. And I feel like whenever you're learning how to do something that you maybe didn't get taught how to do as a kid, or, you know, you just never had any guidance with, or you were never encouraged to, um, or your family dynamic was actually benefited off you not standing up for yourself like mine. Um, there's no real way to learn it because what you learn is conflict avoidance because you learn that actually to keep the most amount of peace is often to just avoid the conflict altogether. Um, for me, or sometimes I mean, to feel safe. Yeah, or to you know, feel safe. I, yeah. I can relate to that too, you know, or it's like something has maybe happened or I'm being treated in a certain way that that I don't care for. But, um, you know, my experience had been that, you know, if I said something or stood up for myself, you know, I, I would pr potentially subject myself to, you know, further further bullying or, or further being picked on or, you know, abuse of some kind. So, you know, it there can be a very good and legitimate reason for where we learn these habits. Mm -hmm. Totally. Right, continue. Continue, no, Brandon. I mean, I was actually going to say a similar thing because that was partly why I avoided conflict because actually getting into conflict often made it worse. And something that I learned um, as I, I think I started to get into my 20s, I started to learn this, which I think is late in life to actually start to learn this. But um, I started to realize that conflict didn't have to be a yelling match. It didn't have to be aggressive and it didn't have to be like really dominating. Um, but when I was younger and I was growing up in my family, it was very much like that. It was very dominating, often turned into yelling matches. Um, the more powerful person kind of won. And that's just kind of how it worked in my dynamic. So you kind of, you kind of, had a packing order in, in <laughs> when I was younger, there's a packing order. I had two older brothers and my dad, and I was the youngest. And for me, I was the lowest on the, on the totem pole as far as that went. So what I had to say, what I thought was okay, how I felt was not really ever going to be something that was heard. So one of the methods I learned how to communicate with people was I learned how to cry for what I wanted. And it's, really not a great habit to have as a guy, but you know, as a boy growing up to, to cry for what you want. But one way that I could get people to kind of pay attention to me and listen was I would cry. And I had to break that habit, obviously, because it's not a good habit to have. Um, it's a manipulative habit, right? I mean, it's one thing to cry because you're actually sad and you're upset, but when you learn it as a tactic, which I think people do, um, you know, it's, it's a tactic for a person that's in a weaker position, you know, and this happens in relationships and all sorts of stuff too. I mean, it's not just, and I'm not the only one that does this or did this. Um, but 
I also learned that um, going towards the the weakness or the victim uh, position actually gave me more say and more power. And I think when you're in a very dominating conflict and you you don't feel like you can stand up for yourself, people will take the victim position. I think this is actually, uh, thinking about it, I think this actually happens in politics and social dynamic situations all the time. People are like claim the victim because they feel overpowered by what's ever out there. And it's more powerful to say I'm the victim. And something that I learned as I got older was that I didn't have to be the victim to be heard. And, and uh, I also learned that a lot of conflicts could be resolved in a very peaceful way, in a way that was very like, just two people kind of talking about, hey, this bothers me. And, you know, I just want to let you know. And that person's like, oh, I didn't realize. And it's like, oh, okay, great. I'm glad I said something. I'm glad you did too. And you're like, wow, this didn't turn into like, well, fuck you. And like, you know, like, yeah. you know whatever. Um, but I think conflict avoidance often comes from us not seeing any other options of how conflict can play out. So I know for me, I avoided conflict because I used to think conflict only happened really one or two ways. Um, now I can see that it happens in hundreds of different ways, really. Um, but I can actually often direct it most times, not always, but most times towards a way that I'm like, I want conflict to be peaceful. But when I was younger, I didn't have that option. So I just avoided it. Yeah. And I think that, you know, in many ways, I think that a big part of how we deal with confrontation is, is really the, uh, it's about approach, you know, like really there's only that may be the only thing that we have a certain sense of control of, you know, when it comes to that situation where you either find yourself in the middle of the confrontation or, you know, that, you know, you need to confront something and, and you're taking a sort of deliberate conscious action towards it, um, which there's many reasons why, that's a good thing to do. Like you said, like, because if you push a confrontation off, which I've definitely done in my life and, and often, you know, from having to, you know, we can have all kinds of excuses for why we, we avoid a confrontation or why we think that that's the best thing to do. Um, most often the case, you know, it's not, it's not the right action from my experience, you know, like I've, uh, you know, I've lost a, a good, a good friend out of, for, for that reason, you know, where there were things that, um, that were going on that, that were bothering me and had for a long time and, and basically avoided having that conversation, having that discussion with that friend and, and I told myself all sorts of, of reasons as to why, you know, it, I couldn't do that or why it would be a bad idea to do that. But ultimately, it it ended up leading to to um, that avoidance starts to to build up. It creates sort of a pile up in your relationship, you know, like and things, you know, these sort of cars continue to pile up in that space in your relationship until eventually, um, until eventually it just, it, there's no more room left and, and it all comes spilling out, so to speak. Um, and 
would anything have changed, you know, had I confronted earlier? Perhaps, you know, I'll never, never know that now. But, um, you know, it's one of those things where, where I learned that sometimes you have to just confront the things like that, that are happening, the things that are bothering you, the things that are not okay with you. Um, and that's it. That takes a, a great degree of, um, of honesty, you know, with, with ourselves, you know, cause really when we look at sort of, we when we start digging at what, what is the root of conflict? What is the root of confrontation? You know, and like, why, why do we have a confrontation with somebody? And, and there's usually some, there's some emotional component to it. Almost always there can, there can be, I think definitely, um, ideological and behavioral reasons behind it as well. But usually it's because those things are having an impact on us in some way that is, um, that is unpleasant, you know, to us or to, to other people around us. There's some, something that we care about that is being threatened, I think, just to kind of unpack this whole thing of, of confrontation, because otherwise, if we weren't bothered by something, there's no need for a confrontation, right? But obviously, we're bothered by something, you know. Uh, so anyhow, uh, I think that, I don't know where I was going with this, Brandon. I keep on going down different rabbit holes. There's like, <laughs> as I'm talking, suddenly there's just like, oh, there's this thing, and there's this thing, and there's this thing, and we could go down this route and this route, so... Um, but yeah, really, I think that we have to, to understand that there's, or honesty, that's what we were talking about. There's an emotional component that's going on and it requires an honesty of saying like, oh, hey, this is not okay with me. There's something about, um, about the actions and behavior of, of this person. Um, or, you know, obviously there can, there can also be things within ourselves, things with how we are conducting ourselves or things going on in our lives that we're not okay. And, and that requires um, its own kind of conflict confrontation. Um, and that requires, yeah, I think that requires honesty first and foremost uh, on our part. Honesty is important. I agree with a lot of what you're saying. I do feel like there's a part of it that is um, us admitting that what's going on for us is going on for us. And uh you know, when you're the one that has a problem or you don't like something and trying to figure out like, okay, well, you know, I, I think, um, sometimes we, we don't learn that we can say this is not okay. I don't like it. I don't want to be part of it. Um, you know, and this can happen with family, but it can happen with friends, you know, peer pressure, stuff like that. It's like, uh, no, I don't, um, I know you say you're fine, but I don't want to get in the car with you. You've had a few drinks. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm, you know, I'm not going to do it. And they're like, Oh, come on, you know, like relax. Why you got to be so uptight or whatever, you know, whatever people do right to mm -hmm. pressure you into doing something you don't want to do, you know, there's conflict in that. Um, and I think, uh, you know, there's a lot of pressure and young people experience this a lot, you know, to try and be cool to try and fit in to get acceptance. And that can create all sorts of conflict because you don't want to do what the group is doing or what the people are doing. Um, but maybe you go along with it. That's conflict avoidance, right? conflict would be the conflict would be standing in your ground and i think a lot of um a lot of it comes down to like actually knowing your values actually knowing what you 
stand for, what you care about, what matters. And it's difficult when you're young because you have not, well, some people have, because they have, I think, really awesome parents and teachers and mentors, and but not everybody gets that. And I think, um, actually, I might even argue that most people don't have a great sense of self-esteem and self-identity when they're young. And that's why people are so subjectable to peer pressure. And peer pressure is a conflict. Don't don't even deny it. It's it's a conflict and and giving into peer pressure is conflict avoidance. When you don't want to but you give into it, that is you know, yeah, and, absolutely and, conflict. And it happens with adults too. You know, you might be around somebody and they're talking poorly about somebody and you don't like it, but you don't say anything about it. That's peer pressure as well. That's another example of I just don't want to rock the boat. I don't want to, you know, like whatever it's, it has nothing to do with me and and all that stuff trying to remove yourself from something you don't feel good about you don't feel right about that's conflict avoidance it's not always just some big fight some i gotta have this talk with this person i gotta do this thing we have to have it out sometimes it's these little subtle things and they do build on each other and um the, the one thing that i've learned as i've gotten older because i did so much conflict avoidance is that people learn that they can get away with stuff with you that that they just go i can get away with this with him but i can't get away with it with her and so what ends up happening is people are willing to do things around you but they're not willing to do it around other people and you actually put yourself into a position of creating a world you don't want around you so i started going well fuck that i'm gonna start standing up for myself i'm gonna start saying what i don't like and if people don't like it and i ruffle their feathers and they don't want to be my friend anymore they don't like me that's fine. Cause I don't want to live in a world where people think they can walk on me or they think they can get away with that shit. Um, and it's difficult. That's all I can say. It's really fucking hard to do, but it's so good when you do it, when you finally start getting some momentum and you start feeling some confidence, like I'm way stronger, way more powerful. And I have way more of the world around me than I want now, but it was not easy. And it's still not easy. You know, um, there's conflicts I come into now that I'm like, oh, it's like everything levels you up, though. Yeah, I think that this brings up an interesting side to conflict, which is that almost the gift of of conflict, which is that it in many ways shows us where we're at in in a multitude of ways, but it shows us it shows us where our boundaries are. You know, when conflict arises, it shows us where our boundaries are. It shows us what has meaning to us. And it can show us where we have strength, um, but it can also show us where maybe we're wrong, which is the other flip side to this, because that's the thing with, you know, with any conflict, you're, there's, there's, there has to be at least two parties involved. You know, conflict doesn't doesn't happen within a single. It always it always has multiples. It comes and in. You can have internal conflict, but there's two forces that are always at play. Yes, there's two forces that are always at play, and so yeah, you can have a conflict with your within yourself, but it's like it's like that that thing you talk about the peer pressure, right? Where you know it's a simple kind of way of looking at it, where you know oh my friends all want me to get in the car, but the person driving has been drinking, right? And 
I know for myself that that's dangerous and that scares me and I don't like that or encourage that. But at the same time, I want to be accepted by them. I don't want, you know, these people to think that I'm, you know, a loser or, you know, am, am just being too uptight, blah, 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 blah. Um, that's, you've got, those are two opposing forces that are happening within a single being, but there's still two things at play that are in conflict with each other. Otherwise there's no conflict. Um, but where that, um, what I was saying was that essentially because there is that element, you know, of, of there being sort of two opposing ideas or what have you is that your position might be the one that's incorrect you know or you you might be the one who has something more to learn in a certain in a certain way that's always in in a possibility and i think that when we allow ourselves that i think that when we leave room within ourselves to to be wrong to be incorrect and and uh, in whatever the conflict is, we actually put ourselves in a better position to resolve it. We put ourselves in a better position to to be able to hear the other the the other side of the story, to be able to reason with greater clarity. I think that you know it's it helps us to approach the situation with with. I don't know, kind of acting in good faith, which is another element to this that I think is really, really important when it comes to any kind of confrontation or debate or argument or whatever. Because, you know, conflict comes in many different types of forms, right? Some some more or less subtle than others. Um, but I think that we need to come into it serves us to come into any conflict out of out of good faith at to some degree you know that we don't um that we don't make sort of create villains and and whatever when we when we approach it where we say it's like okay well maybe i'm missing something you know and maybe this person you know they they're not a bad person and, and they mean well, and they're not meaning to do whatever it is that they're doing. Now there's, there's an opportunity for us to figure something out. There's an opportunity for both of us to potentially learn something, to grow, for something good to come out of it, which I think is interesting to look at what the gifts of conflict and confrontation are. It raised up something good. I mean, I think it's you know, um, not assuming the worst is, I think is a good position to take. I, I think that it, I don't know. I personally find that one challenging at times. And, and I, I want to say that when I was younger, I was much more on the, I'm not going to assume the worst, but maybe I wasn't, I don't know. But I think the thing that I find challenging is that I don't know, man. I, I personally think that people are pretty selfish and they're pretty self-involved. I, I And I think that's okay. I don't think it's actually a bad thing. I just think that that's kind of what's happening. And I don't think we should necessarily look at that as a bad thing. 
I think if you make being selfish and self-involved a bad thing, you're going to ensue bad intent. But here's the thing. You're selfish. I'm selfish. Everybody's selfish and self-involved, you, you know, and that's, that's just the reality. And, and the, the problem is, is that when we walk around and pretend we're not, but others are. Mm. And, you know, I, I've talked on podcasts before and, and um, interviews, and I've actually said this, you know, I've, and, and people get uncomfortable. I've said, I think people are selfish and self-involved for the most part. And some of my favorite philosophers, um, I've actually heard them say that as well. And I didn't even get that from them. I just got that from life experience, but it just further confirmed my thoughts. And the thing is, is it's actually very natural, but we make selfishness and self-involved a bad thing. When you're in conflict with someone, yeah, they're looking out for their interests. They're looking out for what matters to them. They're looking sometimes to be right, sometimes to be heard, sometimes just to not be or not have something taken from them or to not like lose something, whatever. Mm -hmm. But if you don't look at that as an attack against you, you just look at that as a self-survival kind of model. I think for the most part, you can go, okay, like that's how people are. That's okay. Like we, it's okay for us. It's natural for us as human beings to look out for ourselves because a lot of us don't have people looking out for us. So we learn, well, I need to look out for me. And those types of people sometimes can be the most difficult because you're like, well, you're so defensive. You're not like, you're, you're not admitting where you have any fault or whatever. I, I just have to say that, um, you know, when you have a really supportive friend group, a uh, really supportive family, you have really good teachers that were encouraging, coaches, stuff like that. It's really easy for you to deal with conflict in some ways because you have like a backing, you have like people around you. And I'm not gonna say this as an absolute, but I'd say for the most part, it makes life a lot easier because you feel like you have a support system and a certain sense of, community and connectedness so in this one particular situation you're not alone in the battle but some people are in conflict and they don't have that they don't have a support system they didn't have really good teachers they don't have great coaches they don't have really good friend group or a partner or whatever that supports them encourages them and so it's life or death for them in their experience and that makes the conflict so um it's just like you don't even want to give an inch because in that situation, it's only you protecting you. And I think that you have to understand that when people are really defensive and um, very, I want to say like in their ego and very much like about themselves, try not to look at it as like a personal attack, but as a personal form of protection, you know, and that way you don't, take it as an attack against you. I have trouble with this because I do think there are, and I said this on the podcast before, but I do think there are some people out there who have, um, they're in a bad, bad place. They've gotten themselves to a bad place. I think they started breaking their morals at a certain point in their life and they just went down a road, it was darker and darker and darker. And I think that it's important for us as a society to be able to identify when someone's very toxic and not to necessarily be like um, they're a bad person, but understand they made a series of bad choices that make them toxic. And when they're toxic, 
you need to be able to identify that and remove yourself sometimes from that situation because a person in a really toxic situation does not care about anything good. They, they can, they just want to hurt. Some people are in that place. They just want to hurt. They just want to hurt you. They want to watch the world burn and they're in that place. And so Evan, I agree with you. I agree with you. I agree with you. I just want to say, I, ha- I, I, I feel it's so important. My caveat is yes, but we have to make room for that portion, which is probably very small, but a certain yeah. collection of people that are just, you know, they get a little bit of power. They're going to abuse it. That's where mm-hmm. they're at, you know? And I think that there, there, I agree. There are, there are situations and cases like that. And I think that sometimes people are, are sometimes not even aware of that, you know, like toxic people who aren't aware that they're, they're being toxic and, and destructive, or, you know, they're just kind of looking to pull somebody down into whatever, you know, they're in. Um, that certainly does happen, but I think that that reveals itself pretty clearly. You know, I think that, you know, what I'm speaking to is more so as we're going into any sort of confrontation, like consciously, knowingly walking into some into a situation that's like that, that we that we start from a place of good faith. And if do you mean like benefit of the doubt? I suppose so. Not necessarily the benefit of the doubt, because I, yeah, and maybe we disagree on this, Brandon, but like I, I live by the belief that people are doing the best that they can. That, you know, within their, their, their current, you know, their situation, their beliefs, their capacities, what, whatever they have that, they are doing the best they can because I believe that if if they could do better, they would. You know, I, I and to me, that's where kind of part of the root of, of compassion comes from is that recognition. It's like, look, you're doing the best you can. It might not be great. It might infuriate me. It might, you know, piss me right off. But that is the best that you have right now, you know, and. Now maybe we're in a situation where, like, I have to confront something within that. We're saying is like, hey, look, like you might not be aware of this, but this thing that's happening is having an effect, and it's not okay with me, right? And we can do that from a place of kindness and compassion, of seeking understanding, of seeking resolution with somebody we can come to in we can come into the field of conflict with a spirit of of reconciliation with 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 mm. some the, the with the intent to resolve with peace and yes. find find a harmonious resolution between both of us where we can at least agree to disagree and kind of find some kind of mutual respect yeah and and you bring in a word intention and i don't usually say something really strongly but this is something that currently right now i do feel very strongly about there uh, are i don't know how large this kind of this um 
how widespread this sort of thought belief goes right now, but there's this idea out there these days that intention doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> and I think that that's just that that is such a wrong idea. <laughs> that is such I, a yeah, horribly wrong idea because how can yeah. we act in good faith with each other? How can we come together when we when when intention doesn't matter? When that's, people that's who crazy talk. It Inten is. It totally nuts. matters. I mean, because people are going to do stuff and they're going to do it and it's going to infringe on your zone. It's just going to happen. There's fucking billions of people on the planet. Come on. And it's sorry to cut you off, Evan, but it's like, yeah, people are going to infringe on you. If they can't say, if they can't actually honestly let you know, oh, I didn't realize I did that. That wasn't my intention. And that's not enough for you. That's, that's fucked up. You know what I mean? Like, like for example, at work, I go into one of the offices for shipping. I just want to tell a story. It relates exactly what you're talking about. And I go in there and I sit with a couple of guys and we joke around and we eat our lunches and whatever and do guy things. And um, there's a chair, but it's in a weird position. So when I want to eat lunch, I often will move it to the other side of a desk so I can kind of sit over there with everybody and they eat at their desks and whatever. But I'm that's not my office, so I just join them. But I'll run back at the end of lunch to get to my shift and I forget to move the chair. Um, I didn't realize that this was kind of like bothering them. <laughs> I didn't even realize I was doing it. Honestly, I forgot yeah. that I even moved the chair in the first place. Anyway, um, they mentioned it and I was like, Oh shit, sorry. And then they played a joke on me and they put the chair outside and they're like, <laughs> if you want to sit down in here, you're going to have to bring the chair in, you know, so they kind of giving me that. I was like, fine. But the thing is, is, um, one of the guys said, yeah, like, well, you, you move the chair and you come in that's disrespectful. And I said, you know what? You're right. It probably is. I don't mean to be disrespectful. I get it's your space and I'm fucking it up and whatever. And it is just a chair, but it's not my intention. Like I I'm just honestly coming in there to connect with you guys. If that's not good enough of an answer, cause that's the truth for me, then that's fucked up because that's like assuming that I came in there to disrespect your space. And I just did a disrespectful thing and it's disrespectful period. And there's no fucking, it's like, I learn and then I don't do it anymore because I learned, but like, if yeah. you don't say anything, I don't know. And it's like, you know, intention does matter. I agree. Yeah. And I disagree with the thought that some people are saying, if that's what they're saying. Yeah. Yeah. And cause like even, you know, and, and with that, it's like you bring in the element of, of course, you you correct the behavior, you know, yes. like because yeah. the, we're talking about kind of ignorance in this level. It's just like, oh, I did not realize this. Now I know. Now I can change that. But yeah, this idea that intention doesn't matter and you're just a piece of shit, which is basically kind of the the where it inevitably kind of leads when we come in with an attitude of intention doesn't matter. It's just, you're basically now just saying, well, you're just a piece of shit then. Um, and that's not necessarily the case. So getting, coming kind of back around to something you were commenting on, you know, we have to come in from that place of, of good intention. Um, if we're going to have any sort of hope of, of coming to some kind of a, a productive, creative resolution, towards something almost always there needs to be some element of good faith that we have towards each other in in a conflict 
Now, you can't control whether the other party comes to the table with that. But you can come to the table with that. And for me, that is that is where you can have some place of strength to come in from. There's there's integrity when you come in with that. And someone can either meet you in that place or you will know probably in fairly short order whether that person is not going to meet you in that place, in which case, yeah, it's like kind of what what you were saying. Some people are just, you know, they're in a space where they just want they just want to be destructive, in which case I kind of want to say it's like, well, then your hands are kind of clean, you know, your hands are kind of clean of the situation. But, you know, yeah. it still requires it still requires uh, some kind of a conscious, aware um, approach on your own part, because you can come to the table with that. And it's not a guarantee of anything, but at least then you can you can walk away saying, you know what, I I did my best. You know, I did my best in that situation and it didn't have the outcome that I wanted it to have, but I did my best. And we and then we have the recognition and compassion towards ourselves in that situation. You know, um, yeah. I like that. I mean, if you come at it with integrity and you come at it with honesty and you have the courage to say what you need to say and stand for what you need to stand. And that person is just not going to even respect that, appreciate that, respond to that. There's just like, it might be like, you might ask for them for something and they might say, I hear that. I hear that. But look, I'm not going to do that because that this is why it infringes on me. And it's, and I get what you're asking me to do. Because sometimes people, and, and I think we have to admit this with ourselves. This is where the honesty comes in. Sometimes what we're asking for when we're in conflict is too much. And it's unfair for us to ask for it. But we don't know that. Mm-hmm. And this could be all sorts of situations where it's like, well, it would make my life easier if you did this, but you don't realize what that actually takes for that other person to do. And that other person yeah. is like, I'm not doing that. Like I get that. It makes your life easier. I totally, I totally understand that, but I'm not going to do that. Like, cause that makes my life way more difficult. So, you know, compromise starts to come into this, you know, it's like, you know, you can be in conflict with someone and sometimes what you're asking for is not fair. And, you know, for example, uh, the the job, Joe job that I do right now, I drive some big machines, machines that can, could maim you or kill you um, because they're fucking fast and powerful. And if you get hit by them, it's like getting hit by a car, you know? So, um, or maybe a Mack truck. I mean, these things, um, we're moving around and they move in weird ways. You know, they, they don't, uh, the forklift is generally like similar to a vehicle, but then I drive a side loader. Um, if people aren't familiar with that, it drives sideways and it turns in an interesting way. And also it's not like you're looking out a window, you're, you're looking through a mast of metal and you can't see through it. So we got this new guy there and I'm just explaining this cause I feel like it furthers the point he kept standing in front of the table when I'm driving the side loader in to load up the material. And it's such a dangerous place to be. And, and I was starting to get a little like, you know, angry about it, upset about it. And I'm like, fucking guy, 
it's like clueless. And I'm, and I'm like, hold on, hold on. So what I did was I took him aside and I said, here, stand in this machine. And then I stood where he would stand. And I go, pretty difficult to see me, right? No, it's, oh yeah. I go, just be careful where you're standing. Cause when I'm coming in, it's difficult, you know, and you, and this thing is, you know, and, and, and he got it and we came to yeah. some kind of resolution and it's like, um, you know, sometimes you got to try to help people have an experience of what you're going through. So they even know he didn't know standing in the table mm. was causing me any problems <laughs> yeah. and me telling him to move is one thing, but me actually taking the time to show him and give him the experience of what I'm experiencing that resolved the conflict in such a peaceful, cool way. Um, yeah. The alternative option would have been get out of the fucking way, stop standing in front of the machine. I mean, that's one way to settle it, but that's a very high conflict way to settle it. Um, so um, I, I kind of want to further your point, which I'm saying that if we don't assume that everybody understands our world from our skull and they're seeing it the way we're seeing it, we give them that space. We can have more empathy and compassion and try to help them go, okay, well, this is how I'm experiencing it because they might not know. And they, and because they don't know, they're doing something that's really a problem for you, but they don't know why it's a problem for you. So they're not going to change because they don't get it. And assuming they should is not really fair to them. You know what I mean? And that comes back yeah. to the intent thing, right? His intent wasn't to cause me trouble. He just, he didn't know. He's new. He doesn't know what it's like to drive the machine. It's easier for him to stand wherever he's standing. Yeah. Um, you know? Yeah. That, very, that, they're that not personal. That thing is, is a dangerous yeah. thing, you know? Right. Like, they don't yeah. shoot on yourself. It's like, well, they should know. They should know. And it's just like, well they don't yeah well they like, don't yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know like like what's the point in being upset about it you when you have an opportunity to you know turn it into a, a you know going back to our last podcast into a moment of connection and that's something that i you know i'm realizing with with this conversation is like hey let's just have the recognition that you know hey we're humans you know like the, like this is you're a human, I'm a human, you know, we, we, we both <laughs> face human things and probably neither of us want to be in a situation of, of a conflict or confrontation right now, you know, so let's treat each other like human beings. And I think that, you know, in, it can be very easy in our world today to, to let that slide, to let that, that slip. But I would argue that there's nothing that is more important today than to treat each other like human beings, you know, yeah. to always keep that, you know, in our hearts and minds when we're, when we're entering into a conflict, just like this is a human being and I might disagree with them and I might deplore some of the things that they're doing and some of the behavior that they're showing and the way that they're making me feel or what have you. But this is a human being. And again, from that, you know, like what you're saying, like acting from, that place of good faith another way of recognizing good faith is to say like maybe they just don't know maybe they just don't honestly understand that, that how this is affecting me that this is mm -hmm. you know causing me a lot of discomfort what what have you um because i think that more often than not that's usually the case because people love to help when you when when people are asked for help you know it's like and yeah it's so rare. Like I can't remember the last time somebody just asked me for help, but I know that 
anytime someone has ever said like, hey, can you help me with something? I'm always, there's just some part of, of me and I, and I don't think this is, I'm a unique person in this in any way whatsoever. But most people are really willing to help and I'm pretty sure that there's been some good studies that have been done on this, that people are willing to help when they're asked. People mm -hmm. want to be helpful. People want to be useful, you know, but we're so, uh, we're so afraid to ask for that, you know, and I, I think that, I, I don't know, just, I, I think that that's just an interesting thing that comes back around to what you were, you were saying in that, you know, that's another way in which we can, we can establish that good faith. It's just like, Hey, maybe they don't know. Um, in addition to the fact of, of maybe there's something that I don't know. Mm -hmm. Right. And then we actually approach a conflict out of a sense of open curiosity, as opposed to, I've got to dig my heels in and they're going to dig their heels in and it's going to be, you know, and it's going to be a clash. Mm -hmm. Right. It's just like, no, I, I'm actually just curious about what's happening here. Mm. You know, it is this is causing me some sort of emotional distress. So we need to acknowledge that. But I think that it makes it a much more approachable situation when when we come in with that sort of that gives us a window into something that that opens it up a little bit more. I like that to go into things going particularly to conflict with curiosity is curiosity is such a great option. You know, it's like a great default for just about anything. I mean, get curious and you solve a lot of your problems when you think you know, and you think you're right. And you think you have all the answers. That's where a lot of conflict comes from. I mean, it's just a, it's a recipe for it. Um, so I love that. I think you contributed a really good element to this conversation that way. And um, I think with curiosity, it's like, you know, understanding, here's the thing. Something I learned through studying a lot of philosophy was that there are people who, let's just, in a, let's just make this very simple. And I don't mean to say this in a simple way because it's i think our audience is smart enough to get it but it's just i'm going to say it in the most simple way imagine there's kind of wise people and ignorant people right if wise people assume ignorant people are wise there's a huge amount of conflict just out of that situation if wise people expect ignorant people to act as wise people do there's also a huge amount of conflict that's created now if a wise person is ignorant, but thinks they're wise, huge amount of conflict. If an ignorant person thinks they're wise, huge amount of conflict. So do you see, like, it's very simple. There's people who have in, are in a position of ignorance and people who are in a position of wisdom. And sometimes both are each in a position of wisdom and a position of ignorance. I'm wise about what I know, you're wise about what you know, but I'm ignorant about what you know and you're ignorant about what I know. Now, if we came at things knowing that dynamic, it solves so many conflicts. Cause you go, oh, I see, you're ignorant to what I'm going through and I'm ignorant to what you're going through. Let's resolve that. Boom, conflict resolved, simple, right? And that's it, wise. It, yeah, that's wise, right? <laughs> I mean, it's it's funny when like it's funny when you break things down to their most basic elements because sometimes it takes a very what seemingly complex thing and it goes, oh, 
I was in an argument with my girlfriend or my boyfriend or whoever, because, or my wife or husband or best friend or whoever, because I was wise to what I was wise. They were wise to what they were wise, but we were both ignorant of each other's wisdoms. And instead of talking about that and working that out and sharing that, we both assumed we were right and that they should be wise to what we're wise about without ever doing that. And that's the problem. Boom. Do you know how many things could be resolved by that simple equation? Like it's incredibly simple, but it works. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, I think the hard thing though, sometimes is don't, when you're a wise person, okay. I'm not saying like <laughs> you're wise and someone's ignorant. Sometimes ignorant people are ignorant and they don't want to become wise. And you can't make them want to become wise to it and they won't become wise to it and they don't care. And they're just not open to it. And you have to like make room for that. It's, it's just unfortunately and fortunately part of the process of the human dynamic. Um, you just can't make people do things. You know, you have to kind of, they have to have a reason to care, you know? And so sometimes people, they don't know you, they don't, have time for you in their world and they don't care and you can be like well by the way this really hurt my feelings and they don't give a shit because to them it doesn't matter and they're self-involved and selfish like you are in your own way because you want them to care <laughs> but it's like <laughs> you know we can add some complexities to this simple equation yeah. of the wisdom and ignorance but then the caring and not caring element you know which makes it a little more complicated but just keep it at the wisdom and ignorance thing and it'll resolve like 90 percent the last 10%, it starts to get com complex, but that's where you go and you ask, you know, uh, a therapist or a teacher or a mentor, uh, you know, maybe go to a podcast or you go to something to find out that answer. But for 90, 95% of problems, they're very, very simple. Yeah. I was going to, part of that sort of equation that you were drawing out, I, I thought was kind of funny in that a wise person expecting an ignorant person to be wise yeah. I'm like, well, that's not very wise of the wise person. No, it isn't. <laughs> but I like that because I was just like, it, because there's always something to learn. You know, yeah. it's like if you recognize, if you're getting upset by, you know, an ignorant person acting foolishly, well, then that shows you that you have something to learn yet right. as well. <laughs> I'm glad you brought that. What a great insight. I mean, that's, that's the funny thing that the hubris and the ego that comes with wisdom or woke. I'm woke. I'm wise. Uh, I, like... don't, I don't. I don't want to equate woke <laughs> wokeness and 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 wiseness with, no. as the same oh, no, thing because no. I don't think that they're but the it's... same thing. <laughs> it's like I mean, you know where the word "cool" came from? Apparently, it came from the idea that people who are in the know they know what's going on. They're up and up with it. They're like they get the the higher level stuff that's happening. And when you're not cool. You, you don't get it. You, you're not aware. You're, you're, you're kind of like caught in it all. And woke has elements of that, but whatever. My point is, is that um, there's this positioning and posturing that people do when they're like, well, I'm wise, I'm cool, I'm better than you. And that's a big part of conflict too. It's like when you think you're better than someone else, when you think you're superior and you act that way and you treat them as less than you, that's dumb. And that is unwise. <laughs> that is super ignorant. So, you know, and it's what's funny about that is the person who's acting superior is actually the person that's ignorant. And and yeah. they're blaming the other person for their own ignorance. So um, I think that's where, you know, you brought into this very early 
to the conversation is honesty. You know, be honest about where you're ignorant. Be honest about where you're not cool. You know, yeah. Be honest about where you're not on the up and up, and um, you know, and 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 understand that you weren't always, and you had to learn. And maybe these other people, or other person, they didn't have the chance. You know, yet. Enlighten yeah. them. <laughs> Help <Yeah>. them. <laughs> Or maybe, they'll, or maybe they'll enlighten you yeah. on something that you had never considered before, you know? Like, uh, I, I always love that experience when suddenly there's a perspective, um, there's a perspective that, that I get from somewhere that just changes the landscape a little bit for me. I was like, oh, I've never looked at it that way. And now, like, that's shifted that's shifted my understanding of this issue. That's shifted, you know, that's that's a beautiful thing. And when you can do that with another person, when you and another person can come together, you know, on on seeming, seemingly separate ground, you know, and you can come together in, in that spirit of good faith, of resolution, of, hey, let's see if we can walk away with a better understanding of each other and this thing that we're, that, we're in conflict about let's see if together we can walk away and understand this problem better mm -hmm. you know and it, we can both yeah. learn and grow from it you know like th that's the thing i think is you know i i've heard it said that like you know we don't we're, we're not actually afraid of the unknown we're afraid of losing what we have and i think that you know when it comes into conflict especially since often conflict comes with people who are close to us in some way um, or who are just, they're in our lives in, in some significant way, right? Because people who aren't important in our lives, we, you know, it's, who cares? Like we, we turn them off, right? Like yeah. it's, it doesn't matter. Well, that's, yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's normally with people that we're closer with that we, that we come into conflict, um, into conflict. Well, the, the conflict becomes more difficult, I would say. I wouldn't say that we come into conflict, but I would say it becomes more difficult the more personal and intimate it is. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And in many ways, it's because I think that we're afraid there's something we're afraid of losing. You know, yeah, we're afraid like that of, person in our relationship with them. <laughs> yeah. Like that might go or, you know, who the hell else knows? You know, our minds can play all kinds of crazy tricks and about, you know, potential futures <laughs> yep. for us. Right. But I mean, when when we look at it instead of like, oh, I'm going to lose something, looking at it as an opportunity to gain something, you know, looking at it and it's like, we have a real opportunity here to, to understand each other on a deeper level and, and, and maybe come away, um, better people than we were before, not, not further apart, but closer. Like, cause that's, that's a yeah. real possibility within conflict, within confrontation, because, you know, you're both, you know, in that situation, you're, you're connected to something very deep and meaningful to you, whether that's for a good reason or not. Right. But together you might find out mm -hmm. together. You might, you might show each other something and be like, oh, wow, I'm a, actually a better person now because of this. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I think that, yeah, coming in with that open curiosity about it, like, maybe I'm wrong, maybe they're wrong. I don't know. Let's find out. Um, that that can that can serve us really really well in in coming to some kind of a, a peaceful resolution. Mm -hmm. Man, so much good stuff. I uh, I, I want to. Oh man, there's so many things that I want to say. But one is that 
I do think that conflict, if you look at it as something that actually can bring you closer, you won't run from it so much. I've had some situations and, and I feel like I'm getting better at it. You know, I feel like there's certain conflicts that are more challenging and they're a little bit more difficult and the dynamic of them is not, is it's not always in my wheelhouse to know how to deal with. Right. But, um, I remember there's a time with a friend back in the day, I started dating a girl who apparently he really liked. I didn't know this, but apparently he really liked. And apparently a lot of our mutual friends knew this, but I didn't. And this, this girl and I, whatever, had a chemistry, started dating, you know, it was relatively new. And he was really upset because he felt like I started dating the girl that he really liked, blah, 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 whatever. And, um, but it wasn't whatever to him. And, you know, there was a part of me that was like, oh man, I don't want to have this conversation. This is really going to be uncomfortable. And I was like, you know what? Let's just call him up. Let's just talk to him and say like, you know, and he was like, well, you know, I can't believe you started, like started like this. I can't believe you started dating her. Like, you know that I like, he assumed that I knew. And I was like, you knew that I liked her and you did it anyway and blah, 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 blah. And that's why I was so upset. I said, dude, I didn't even know she was on your radar. Like I didn't know. I mean, yeah, she's a good looking girl, but I didn't know you like had feelings. And I was like, you know, I was like, you know, after this talk, it might be he and I are not friends or I'm not dating this girl anymore. I I, I was walking into this knowing that it mm. might go this way. And as we got into it, he started to understand that it was innocent, that I started dating her because her and I just said chemistry. And, you know, I think, um, I just really tried to understand where he was coming from. And what, what it turned into was neither he and I split as friends and neither, I didn't stop dating the girl, but what he ended up saying was, you know, I just miss you, man. I feel like we never hang out anymore. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, dude, I, I feel that too. And I'm like, but all this was all kind of bottled up and the issue was not the issue. That's the thing about conflict. That's sometimes interesting. I went into this conflict thinking that we were going to be talking about um, a girl and our relationship in relation to that. And it turned out that really um, we just don't, we aren't in each other's lives enough and we don't know what's going on for each other. And if I was in his life more, I would have known what was going on for him. And he realized that because I'm not in his life anymore, it was innocent, like, or I wasn't in his life as much as he wanted it he realized, well, I never really shared that with you. And so we just kind of, went, well, I'm like, I said at the end, I'm like, look, if you want me to end this thing, you know, if that's, if that's what you feel, you know, we have the friendship, if that's what you think is best, um, you know, I could. And he said, no, he's like, no, no. He's like, no, he's like, you guys obviously have a chemistry. It's obvious. It's not there with us. It's obviously there with you. So he's like, I don't want to get in the way of that. And it worked out to be really good that way, you know? Mm -hmm. And the thing is, is that was a difficult talk. It's a difficult yeah. talk for a couple of young guys to have too. And conflict can be profound that way, but you also have to go into it knowing that it can also go not the way you want it to go. And, but it's very important to enter the arena of it and just try to be honest, try to be, you know, real. And if you did, if I did something that was wrong, um, if I did something that was really like infringing, then admit that, you know, like I knew you liked her, but I, I didn't think, you know, whatever, 
but it, that wasn't the case. It was actually a lot more innocent. And I think mm -hmm. you need to be honest with your friends and these people in your life and admit when you do something that's maybe shady or maybe careless, that you just own up to it, you know? Um, maybe they won't, but I think that it's it's always the more powerful person that is willing to own when they are doing something that they're like, look, I just wanted to do what I wanted to do. You know what I mean? And just yeah. people can at least respect that, you know? Mm -hmm. What people I find in conflict don't like, um, including myself, is we don't like it when, pe when people lie to us. Because when someone tells us the truth, like, we can be like, well, I don't like the truth, but you told it to me and I can respect that. I think most people's position is usually that they might not like it, but they can respect it. And I find that respect is a lot more important than being liked um, in most scenarios. Yeah. 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 I mean, I was, I was going to say that it's like, you know, I've been married for coming on to four years now, almost together with, with my wife for, for nine years together and living together for most of those and you know and and there are you know there are are challenging conversations you know that that happen in in a relationship like that you know as i'm sure anyone who's who's in a similar situation can attest to there's there's challenging conversations and and things that need to be confronted um you know and it's kind of that it's almost like a a, a token thing but you know, there's a lot of truth to it, you know, like in a lot of those, uh, you know, sort of like couples therapy and stuff like they, they talk about how it's like, well, start like talk about how you feel. Don't start going with like, well, you're doing this and you're doing that and blah, blah, blah. like because that that can that gets really dicey really quickly and it doesn't go anywhere really at all. Um, and it's also a really great way to get gaslit, too. Yeah, totally. <laughs> in a situation. But when you make it about, you know, and, and I'm fortunate that, you know, I have a, I have a, a partner who's, who's very mindful and kind of just geared this way, where it's just like, you know, I feel this and I, I'm feeling that. And it's one of those things that's a beautiful place to come together because you can't argue with how somebody feels. You know, there's not really an argument to be had. And it doesn't mean that it doesn't necessarily trigger my own stuff sometimes you know but it suddenly confronts me with usually very often i find that it confronts me with feelings and things that i i haven't been expressing right and then it's just like okay well i feel you know and when you just have that level of honesty about how you're feeling you know and and the the, the courage to share that um, it, it leads, it, it's always, uh, you know, in, in speaking just of, you know, the, the relationship with my wife, it's like those conversations as uncomfortable as they've been, we've always, it's always brought us closer, always brought us closer, you know, um, but because we speak to each other in, in, in a way of like, I feel this way, you know, and, and yeah, it's, it's a, kind of like a great little hack in in a way but like it's it's very easy to overlook because our minds almost always want to want to project outwards you know we want to put how we feel out on someone else and we want to blame somebody for that right and as opposed to just expressing how we're feeling and why we think we're feeling that way 
you know, it's, and it's actually much simpler to do it that way and also feels a lot better to do it that way. <laughs> I mean, I I want to say that I think that with your relationship and I don't I don't know it like you do, but I feel like with your relationship with your wife, you guys have done a lot of work on yourselves and you have gotten past a lot of ego stuff and it allows you to have those conversations. I think that a lot of people um, they haven't done that work yet. They haven't gotten emotionally in touch. They don't even know how they feel. They don't even know what feeling they're feeling when they're feeling it. It's like, uh, you know, and they, they don't have the words to articulate and describe it. So this can be very difficult. And um, I think also um, the masculine side of our world, you know, and I'm not just saying men, I'm saying masculine, the masculine energy of our world, which is both men and women um, and the ego part of it, you know, people are afraid to be vulnerable and, and, um, even say that they're afraid to be vulnerable. (laughs) Um, you know, and it's, uh, I think a good, sometimes you got to take a risk and sometimes people will, you'll tell them how you feel and they might um, take advantage of that. They might abuse it. But part of the, um, the, the courage to, to, to do the right thing, to do the thing that creates progress to that creates, um, you know, um, the friend that I had at the time where he said, uh, you know, I just miss you. That was a powerful moment for us. That was vulnerable. Um, you know, he broke out of his ego for a moment. Right. And, you know, and it brought us closer. I think those types of things are, um, they're very powerful, but they're not always easy to do. And, um, you know, I think that it, it also, and I want to just mention this also, they're not easy also they're not always safe to do with certain people and i feel like safety is something that a lot of us we don't really realize how much we're looking for that um, in our lives but a good friend and a good partner makes you have a sense of safety and and like uh if i'm vulnerable or i'm weak or if something happens you're not going to take advantage of that you're not going to power me on that power play me on that you know Um, Some people will, though. Some people will um, power play you on that. And, you know, I think that this is one of the complicated elements of conflict. But I do agree. I think you're right. I think that's where a lot of courage and power starts. Um, I just don't think that that's always a solution. I think that people hear that and they go, great, I'll just tell people I feel. And it's like, "Eh, it will work in some cases. Some cases it might not. And so don't just write it off because in some cases it doesn't. You know, I think what's great what you've built, but I also want to just kind of put out the caveat that like it does work when you're with somebody that's open to receive that, but it might not work when you're with somebody who isn't. And so it's not a across the board solution but i think it's the better way to go don't get me wrong i just think it's a sometimes it takes time to build to a place where you can actually share vulnerabilities with each other that way absolutely and i mean i think you you raise a very a very good point (laughs) you raise a very good point because you know the level of vulnerability that i have and need to go into with my wife is different than the level of vulnerability that I would need to go into with, with a coworker. Right. Totally. Totally. But I think vulnerability is always an, a key ingredient, but it's what level of of vulnerability is required. Right. Because it's like, 
yeah, like with with my wife, I there's like that with with any life partner like that. I think that a huge part of it is is becoming more and more vulnerable. You push the threshold of 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 your vulnerability with each other um, because it's a safe place to do that. It's not a safe place to do that with, you know, your drinking buddies on the weekend necessarily. Yeah, right? Totally. Can you imagine if you opened up to your drinking buddies on the weekend, like you would to your wife or, you know, her husband or someone like that. It's like, that'd be crazy. That would be way too much. You know, it's yeah. like too much information. Yeah. So it's, um, it's always yeah. a level of you look at what's, what's the relationship, what's the environment, what's the, you know, um, the, and what's the vulnerability that's, that's appropriate for that situation, you know, there's almost always some level, but yeah, some of it, you know, some of it, you don't, you don't have to tell, you don't have to tell your coworker absolutely everything about your life story and your no. deepest sort of your deepest, darkest fears <laughs> and secrets not required, you know, oh, yeah. but you do need to have that vulnerability of being like, being like, Hey, like, um, I'm, I'm feeling like, you know, I'm, I'm feeling like you're, you're irritated with me, you know, and it's just, it's, it's making me feel, you know, like, like you don't want me around and, you know, it's really been bothering me, you know, like, yeah, that's a good approach, you know, whatever, right. You know that, but you've, you've opened yourself up that, to a level that's appropriate for that situation, right? right. That you're dealing with, not opening up Pandora's box. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Really good, really good, and nice practical advice too. Um, well, you know, I always like to try and keep it practical, Brandon. Yeah, I mean, I feel like this stuff. I feel like with, with this talk we're having, and many talks we have, it is helpful for people to have something practical because these can get a little bit. We go down rabbit holes and we talk about all these complexities, but then you can walk away with and go, well, "What do I do?" <laughs> and um, you know, a couple things that. Um, I know we're not necessarily wrapping up just yet, but a couple of things I would say, like a couple of practical things to walk away with are, you know, um, to break down the example you said, I feel like you feel this way about me. It, and it's making me feel like this. It is, do you feel this way? Am I wrong? And that person can go, no, no, I have been a little irritated with you. And I go, well, can't, can't, like, I don't want that. <laughs> So what's, what's going on? Can we, talk? And, and that's a very vulnerable, but powerful way to open up that conversation. So, you know, and, and uh, I think you gave some other really good practical advice. I just want to point out, which is that opening up to the degree that you do to your best friend or your wife would be different than from your coworker or somebody who's just an acquaintance. You know, I remember, um, <laughs> this is hilarious. Oh man. So I, uh, <laughs> two weeks into this job, this Joe job, this is the last, you know, I, I haven't worked at Joe job in like 15 years. You know, I've been an artist and entrepreneur and a couple of years ago, almost, I, I got a Joe job and it, you know, it turned out to be a nice thing during COVID, but long story short, week two working for this company and you get a mixed bag, you get a new group of guys every week, week two or three, <laughs> this guy, he comes in, he's such a weird dude. And we go on our first break and um, he comes out to talk to me. And the first thing he starts telling me about his dead parents. <laughs> and I'm just like, what do I do with this? Like, this is, 
I don't even know you. <laughs> like, like I get that that's something that's probably pretty big for your life, but like, I'm a stranger and what I, I like, I'm not afraid to talk about that with someone, but, but to me at that point, I'm like, this is not normal. This is very weird. Um, I'm just kind of like, is there something wrong with you? You know what I mean? Like, that's the thing, like with vulnerability, if you get too vulnerable with someone too quickly, they might actually be like repelled by that because it's not natural. And, um, we have to earn, um, our vulnerability with each other and our trust and all this stuff and respect, um, you know, don't just expect it. So, I mean, it was funny to me in the sense that I was like, this guy just told me about his dead parents and I just met him. I'm like, that's too much too soon. Like, how about we start with like, what's your name and blah, blah, blah. You know, like that's just too much too soon. It, it like, um, so anyway, <laughs> yeah. I just want to say like in relation to what we've been talking about, you know, it's, I found it hilarious at the time saying it out loud. I'm like, Oh man. I mean, I feel bad for the guy. I mean, but look, we all lose people. I mean, at the end of the day, like I'm not talking about that to a stranger I meet on the street. That's not a good icebreaker. <laughs> unless, yeah. unless you're, unless you have some angle on it, maybe, but like, you know, um, <laughs> it better be weird. a good angle. <laughs> better be a good angle. It better be a comedian or something. Cause like, fuck, um, <laughs> dude, there's a few other things I wanted to say about this topic. Um, I don't, before we get into beer, I, I'd, I'd like to just mention this one thing because I feel like I don't want to walk away from this conversation. Um, and I feel like it plays into this is that I personally think that power is a very big thing in our culture and just our world. Like people have positions of power. So like, um, you know, you have maybe a position at work where you're senior to someone. Um, it might be um, you know, you're really, really attractive and you could get a lot of partners. There's certain power in that. You have a lot mm -hmm. of money. Um, you know, uh, people have power and I think that people, um, are often playing for power. And I think that this can play into conflict in a lot of way. And I think that we all have to be mindful of when we have power and if we're actually looking for it, because, um, I think a lot of conflict um, doesn't goes unresolved because people are power playing each other. They're they're being like, well, I don't have to do what you want, so I'm not gonna because you need me, you know that type of shit. Um, and that's kind of ego, but I think that you know when you have power, just remember that um, there might be a day where you don't. And the way you're treating people when you have power, like the way you treat your waiters, you know, that type of stuff, you have power in that situation, right? The way you treat those people, you might be on the other side of that one day. And conflict is, is really, a lot of it gets resolved by the person who's in power, not by the person who is in the vulnerable place. So the powerful person, it's, it's really on them to be vulnerable, not as much as it is for, you know, the vulnerable person, because the vulnerable person sometimes, I mean, here's the thing. There's power in vulnerability. 
But I think that we need to all understand that we have power. And sometimes we have way more power than the other person and we shouldn't abuse that. And I just think that's such an important part of this because power is very easy to abuse. It's very easy to take advantage of. And it's nice to be the person that doesn't have to care. It's nice to be the person that can just do what they want. And that person will just be like, well, okay, I guess I can't do anything about it. But, you know, that's where your humanity needs to come in. That's where you need to be like, I'm going to be a good person and not an asshole here. Because it's when you have the power, it's easy to be an asshole. And sometimes you might not even think you're being an asshole because you're just being self-protective. But um, I just think it's a really important thing to mention because I think that power is a, a very important element in all of this. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And, and you know, if you're in a, a position of, of power, you know, and, and you have, like if you are in a situation where you have people who kind of work underneath you, um, you know, a, an important trait of a great leader is cre- is creating a space for people to be vulnerable. Um, you know, there's like someone like Simon Sinek talks beautifully about this, beautifully about this, about a work environment where the people who, who that where employees feel safe to be vulnerable, you know, uh, that's, that's crucial. That's huge. So yeah, no, I think that's a good thing you brought into this. People flourish when you give them that, right? Like, uh, you know, and I think that's what you want, you know, like you might be in a relationship where you're more power in that relationship than your partner. And, um, you know, you can either push a wedge between yourselves by positioning yourself as powerful and making them less than you. And you will literally drive that apart, or you can, um, create space for be safe for them to be vulnerable and also for you. And the leader, in my opinion, which is often the person in power, is the one that usually sets the example, you know? Yeah. So, you know, by, if you're more powerful in the situation, um, you know, and this is hard because sometimes we don't know we are, but um, if you're more powerful in a situation, your act of vulnerability sets an example that it's okay for others to be vulnerable and it can create a really, really great thing. So, I mean, that's a whole bag of, bag yeah. of worms you know I'll, I'll just say one more thing <laughs> to that and again i'll just borrow because i it was i had yeah. just watched something from simon sinek recently and you know i th- i don't know if he had said he, he probably said this at some point but this is kind of how i i took it in but if you are like a person in a position of power and i mean again we're, we're speaking kind of very about specific environments and situations but one of the best ways that if you are in a leadership position, um, one of the best ways that you show vulnerability is by showing your employees, by showing the people that work for you that, um, that they're valued and that you care about them. That's how you show vulnerability as a leader. Because so many leaders are afraid, like mo- most, the, like those toxic sort of environments, you have quote unquote leaders who treat everybody like they're expendable and replaceable. I've experienced that. It's horrible. It's like, what the fuck are you going to, do you expect that you're going to, you think you're going to yeah. get the best out of your employees? No, of course not. You're not going to do that. They're not going to bleed for you because if you don't care for them, why should they care about you? 
They'll only care care enough so that, that you don't give them shit or so that you don't fire them. Mm-hmm. That's as, that's that's the best you're going to get from people that way. Um, you get the best out of people by being vulnerable with them, and that's by letting them know that they're valued and that you care about them. You care about them as uh, and what they contribute. That it matters. That they fucking matter. That's how you be. That's how you can be a vulnerable leader, and mm-hmm. in turn, you create an environment for those people to be vulnerable, and you need to be okay with that. You know. Anyhow. This is all about creating better work environments and safe spaces <laughs> for people to be in the world. That's all very important stuff. That's worth almost another topic. So, to um, bottle cap that though, like I love what you said. And I just want to say like when you're in conflict, um, letting that person know that they matter is a great way to um, mm. help the conflict to not spiral out of control. Like I care about how you feel and what you're thinking about and what's going on for you. And you matter to me, you know, reminding people of that and telling them that like, it really will help people to open up. And cause I think a large part of conflict problems come from the fact that people like you, you don't care about me. I don't matter to you. You're not hearing me, that type of stuff. Yeah. And you go, and, and it's kind of like, I hear you, you matter. I care like, like that, if that's part of what you're trying to do along with curiosity, I mean, boom, you got a great recipe for success. Yeah. And, yeah. and also as saying in terms of, in conflict as well, just more practical stuff that I've learned is um, make your concessions, you yes. know, and, 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 um, you know, and more so in the, the realm of a debate, sort of a, a situation. Um, talk to the person that you're debating with and acknowledge the places where you agree. So if they've said something like a bunch of things towards you, acknowledge where you agree that's a great place to start building acknowledge where you agree with them first and say you know what i think you're right about this i think you're just like you know what and i think you're right i could be better on this point and whatever um i still disagree about this and this right but you create a floor of Hmm. of of like okay like we've got a now we have a dialogue happening you know where you're not you're not on completely opposite corners of the ring now. It's just like, oh, okay, we're actually, you know, we're not so far away from each other. Where there are there are things that we're connected on and with. So, yeah, another yeah. actually, it kind of brings up another thing. I just want to say, like, if we think about way of the artist, like you're on your path, right? And conflict can sometimes be like, well, you're in the way of my path, and that's the conflict. As opposed to looking at it that way, we could look at it like, well, look, we're we're both on our paths, and you want to go this way, and I want to go that way, and you know, let's both help each other on our paths, you know, yeah. as opposed to being like, well, your way's wrong, or your way's wrong. It's like, look, your way is fine, my way is fine, but like right now, it's not helping me go my way, and it's not helping you go your way, and let's try and find some ground so that we can walk, you yeah. Know, yeah. But also in that, there's the acknowledgement of it's like, but our paths have crossed here. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, and, and isn't that interesting that our yeah. paths have crossed here? I wonder why that is. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's talk about some beer and let's wrap this guy up. Let's do it. Because it seems like we could probably just keep on going and going and going. But I think that we've said a lot. Um, all right. I am. I'm not actually drinking a local one. I saw this one. And I was just like, you know what? I uh, I have not had a Belgian beer in a long time, like a like an 
honest to goodness Belgian beer from Belgium. And it's a triple. Oh, I love those triples. A Belgian triple. Um, triple car- Carmelite. Carmelite. Three grain beer. Three grain beer. <laughs> I can still speak English, I think. That's the thing with these triples, man. Oh, they They're strong. <laughs> still brewed after a 17th century recipe from the old Carmelite monastery. 17th of, century. Wow. Of Dendermonde. The Belgians, man, like they are, um, you know, I feel like the rest of the world, you know, as much as like the craft brewing scene has been exploding and, you know, definitely in the Pacific Northwest, you know, where we are, you know, it's definitely, but like Belgium has been like, they're still so far ahead of everybody. Like I remember when I was there and I went into like a beer, like just a beer place and there like the menu for beer was massive like it was a like a bible of beer and they had something like 400 like close to 500 different beers there all from belgium (laughs) wow (laughs) they were all belgian it's like how like where do you even begin where do you even begin and they just do it at such a high level. So, you know what? Little little tip of the hat to one of the best beer making countries, arguably the best beer making country in the world. So, it's been good. It's been nice. enjoyable. Awesome. Well, I'm having uh, today. I'm having a beer called uh, Records Red. Um, this oh, is, good old Rickards. Yeah, Rickards Red. It's a pretty good little beer. Um, I've had it many times before, and uh, I enjoy it. But, um, you know, I know we've been going for a while on this podcast, but I wanted to share a funny story because I have a friend, or we had a friend, more of a Queens now, but um, he, <laughs> everyone I know has always liked Rickards Red, including this friend. He likes it. He likes the way it tastes, thinks it's a good beer. But for some reason... There's something they do with Rickards Red that his body will not accept. And we we um we went to the airport. We're at the airport waiting for a flight or something. We had some Rickards Red, had a pitcher, and we drank a f- couple glasses, and all of a sudden he's like, Oh, I'm sick, and he throws up. And we're like, okay. All right. Is that how Some, he did it? Did he just exclaim, I'm sick? And then he yeah, started, started to feel sick. And then he like couldn't control it. And then he like threw up. I think he threw up like in the airport. Like, like, so it was not good. And this is, he's not known for that. Okay. So that was weird. And then um, I went out to, <laughs> I went out to this like club, right? We were, we were young, right? We were like in our early twenties and um, went out to this club and we get in there and they give us a table and uh we're you know and we're relatively early but we're at a table and they're like you guys want some beer you get a pitcher of Rickards red and we're all sitting there we're all drinking the Rickards red probably got a couple pictures of it we're all enjoying it all of a sudden my friend super sick he throws up from the table onto the path that everyone had to walk through in the club like so everybody whoever uh... entered that club had to walk through a pile of his Rickards red Anyway, um, uh, I always, uh, <laughs> always find that so funny because it's like the worst, like you're just starting the night. And, uh, and then after that, he was like, okay, something's wrong. 
I can't drink Rickard's Red, but I've never had a problem. I love it. I think it's a super tasty beer. <laughs> if you don't remember Rickard's Red after this, then I don't know what will help you. But I felt like I had to share that story to honor him and that weird experience or experiences we had. So, there you Excellent. Go. All right. Well, wrapping this one up, um, you know, there's 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 some cool things here some cool discoveries for me about this this thing about being in conflict and 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 having to deal with confrontation and you know i think that just kind of recapping some of the stuff just good just to remind myself is you know like let's assume good faith you know until we're proven otherwise you know but let's assume good faith let's be honest Let's see it as an opportunity for growth. Let's not see it as a disaster waiting to happen, but an opportunity waiting to be grabbed. You know what? I'm going to leave it there. Let's begin to try and shift our perspective of it as an opportunity waiting to be grabbed. Yeah. Most everything that I feel like needed to be said has been said. I mean, there's definitely more depth we could go into with all of this. And I think we, we both know that, but I mean, I think we got to the meat of this and I'm happy about that. And I think that the thing I just say, walk away with is like, instead of looking at conflict as something that's going to put you into a fight or drive you away from someone or look at it as something as an opportunity to bring you closer. Uh, opportunity for you to enter their world and see how they see it and an opportunity for them to enter yours and and if you look at it as a as a potential thing as a as a possibility thing conflict doesn't become so scary and instead of this being like god i hate conflict it could be god i love conflict what a great chance for us to come together and battle some ideas and really find out where we both really stand Thanks for listening to the show. If you got something out of this, if you feel it improved your life or your journey in any way, please take a moment to subscribe, leave a review, or share the episode. You can also support us on Patreon, where we have tons of great bonuses. You are the ones that make the show possible and help us to thrive. Thank you for joining us.